Two common sense notions about mycochimerism are that the fetus passes cells into the maternal circulation and that this typically leads to pathologic inflammation. The concept of mycochimerism is bizarre in and of itself and has only been widely accepted in the last decade or so. Yet some of the research being done on mycochimerism has produced results even less intuitive. First, it seems clear now that cells from the maternal circulation can persist in offspring. Just as the fetus can contribute cells to the mother, the mother can contribute cells to the fetus. Second, the persistence of these foreign cells in the host tissues are not always deleterious, but can actually aid the host's immune system. You are listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Today we are discussing microchimerism as it occurs naturally in humans. In this segment, we will be focusing on the good, the bad, and the ugly of sharing immunologically competent cells with family members. Specifically, we will look at some very strange aspects of neonatal lupus and type 1 diabetes. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson, a clinical assistant professor in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Northwestern University in Chicago. With me today is Dr. Lee Nelson, a professor of rheumatology at the University of Washington and a researcher at the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center. In 1993, Dr. Nelson hypothesized that rheumatoid arthritis improves during pregnancy due to direct immunologic effect of fetal cells in the maternal circulation. As evidence supporting this concept has accumulated over the last decade, her research has expanded into other rheumatologic diseases. Welcome, Dr. Nelson. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, the first question that I have is, of course, uh, for those non-rheumatologists in our audience, which is probably most of the audience, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the symptoms of neonatal lupus? It sounds like a pretty horrible disease. Neonatal lupus um, is an immunological disease that's acquired in utero. The manifestations of neonatal lupus include congenital heart block, myocarditis, rash, hepatitis, thrombocytopenia, and neutropenia in a small proportion of children. These children are generally born to mothers that have specific autoantibodies, which are called anti-Rho or SSA or anti-Law, SSB. The mother can often be entirely well other than having these antibodies. Uh, sometimes the mother has lupus, but not necessarily so. So a mother can give birth to a baby with neonatal lupus who doesn't have lupus. Yes, that's right. And um, how is neonatal lupus diagnosed? It's generally diagnosed by the constellation of clinical manifestations or a portion of those manifestations. And usually these autoantibodies are present in the mother. The, by far the most serious problem is the heart block. I see. And uh, the heart block uh, can't be medicated or overcome in other ways? Um, I'm not myself a neonatologist or pediatrician, um, but I do know that uh, sometimes they have used dexamethasone. But it sounds like a problem that does not have an easy solution. If it's caught early, I, I think that that um, there's more that can be done, and so that's part of one of the advantages of the monitoring that we now have available that we didn't have available years ago. What about a gender predilection? I'm not talking about the mothers who are all female. What about the babies? Does this affect males more than females or it vice versa? It affects bo both females and males. About equally? I believe so. And uh, what is the role of microchimerism in neonatal lupus? 
Well, we hypothesized that if mother's autoantibodies are clearly actually in this case involved in the pathogenesis of the disease, but they aren't sufficient because a woman who has a child with this problem the next time might not have a child with the problem, that perhaps maternal cells are also transferred over and perhaps they are a part of the problem. So we looked to see whether there were maternal cells in the heart block, in the heart tissues of babies that had died from congenital heart block with neonatal lupus. Ann Stevens, who's a pediatric rheumatologist and an MD-PhD, did this work, and she studied autopsy tissue from boys looking for female cells, presumably from the mother. And? And what she found was very interesting. Uh, she, she found maternal cells in the heart, including in the AV node, of these babies. The twist to the story that she found was that the cells weren't actually infiltrating lymphocytes. Most of those maternal cells were actually cardiac myocytes. So this was the first that we were able to see that the maternal cells that pass into the fetus can apparently differentiate and become part of the tissue architecture. Was the presumption that uh, they had originally been lymphocytes or stem cells or... The presumption is that they were originally stem cells. And my model for this disease, what we believe is that they can then become actually a target for the immune system. But I must add that we don't really know. It's possible that those cells traveled there secondarily to try to help repair the disease process after the fact. So we can't be absolutely sure that the microchimerism was uh, central to injury. We can't be sure that it's playing a bad role. Now, regardless, it's not your mother's fault. (laughs) I must add that. Of course, it's no one's fault. But I would still put my betting money that they are actually targets for immunologic assault. So So this microchimerism story... Uh, just apparently isn't sufficiently weird uh, for the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center. You also have to postulate that maternal cells not only pass into the fetus and persist, but some of them are actually stem cells, and they actually differentiate in a fetus. We do, and and one of the really exciting questions out there, at least we think it's exciting, is is how much of that occurs in normal biology? How much of our tissues have a small component that are a genetically minority cell population. We've also found uh, beta cells that make insulin that are maternal. Um, And Dr. Stevens has actually um, found renal tubular cells that appear to be maternal. Story gets weirder and weirder. Now, you'd already mentioned diabetes um, briefly. Type 1 diabetes, who gets it? How often does it occur? Well, type 1 diabetes is a relatively common autoimmune disease. It primarily affects children and young adults. Probably everyone is familiar with someone who has diabetes, and although type 2 diabetes is more common, type 1 sufficiently common, one of those individuals may well have type 1 diabetes. It's, of course, a very difficult disease requiring constant monitoring and medication, insulin-dependent diabetes is a prior name for it. 
Um, and it has lots and lots of complications, so it has a lot of morbidity associated with it as well. What is the um, what is the age range? What's the most common age at which it first is diagnosed? I believe the peak age incidence is um, around 10, 11, 12. Does it have a gender predilection? It tends to be fairly equal between boys and girls. And what role does microchimerism play here? Well, I first had the thought come to mind that maternal microchimerism might play a role in an autoimmune disease with type 1 diabetes. And the thought I had turned out to be part right and part wrong. The thought was that the maternal cells transfer to the fetus and that, like other cell populations that include stem cells, there could be stem cells, and that they could differentiate and become a beta cell that makes insulin. And then I thought, what if too many maternal cells came over or they came over at the wrong time, there was a complication of pregnancy, and later in life, an individual lost tolerance to those maternal cells. The part that was right is, yes, maternal cells do transfer and become beta islet cells. The part that I think was wrong once we'd completed the study is I don't think they play an adverse role. The data suggests that they're actually trying to be regenerative to the diseased and damaged tissue. Well, two questions come to mind. First, how did you uh, briefly and as, you know, simply as possible, how did you establish that these were maternal islet cells in the fetus? We did two things. The largest part of the study involved looking at peripheral blood and identifying and quantifying maternal microchimerism. That was very challenging. It required years of developing assays that would allow you to very sensitively detect maternal-specific genes. And we generally targeted HLA sequences, but we also targeted other genes. The second part of the study, we looked at pancreatic tissue from autopsies of boys. And there we could look then for female cells and try to identify what kind of cell it was. And that was in a limited number of pancreases. So then you had direct evidence. How how can you tell that uh, these cells uh, have a benign role to play or a beneficial role? Well, we, we don't know for sure, but the reason I say that that's what I concluded was that um, there was no indication that there were inflammatory bloodborne maternal cells around the child's majority population of beta cells. These Maternal beta cells tended to be one here, one there, uh, without any inflammation around them. So they tended to be healthy? Yes. And otherwise you would see, would you see in these uh, autopsy specimens or otherwise inflamed and degenerated uh, pancreas? Yes. You could definitely see in in the diabetic uh, pancreas, you could see inflammation, but the inflammatory cells weren't, were not apparently maternal. Wow. Um... Does this have any implications for treatment at this point, or is it still too early? I think it definitely opens up an avenue for potential therapeutic interventions. It's obviously a very new finding, and it needs to be extended. It needs to be validated in other studies. But I I think it definitely brings to mind different ways in which 
one might want to intervene with a disease like this and certain other autoimmune diseases. I want to thank Dr. Lee Nelson, a professor of rheumatology at the University of Washington and a researcher at the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center, who has been our guest. We have been discussing microchimerism as it occurs naturally in humans. In this segment, we focused on the good, the bad, and the ugly of sharing immunologically competent cells with family members. Specifically, we looked at some very strange aspects of neonatal lupus and type 1 diabetes. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Be safe. Be informed. For comments and questions about this program, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.